They say no news is good news, but we got all the news today. Let's cut through the noise. Welcome to the meeting. This is Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I'm your fantasy football mentor, Antoine Weisslicker. Join the Patreon community at patreon.com forward slash fantasy AA. Choose your addiction level. Be true to thyself, embrace said addiction, and earn your chip. Of course, as we do every Saturday during the offseason, this is the news or noise meeting where we break down all the news that's happened over the last few days, tell you whether it's relevant to your fantasy teams or if you can just go ahead and disregard it. So we had a lot of things happen, man, this week. Of course, we had the Hall of Fame game as well where a lot of guys have been looking out for people. Um, but before we talk about that, we just want to make sure that you guys don't take too much stock into this. This was an extra game for both of those teams. They purposely didn't play a lot of guys just so, you know, they wouldn't get them in jeopardy of getting injured or anything like that. A um, couple people that I saw in the Browns here, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, he's currently listed as a third-string quarterback there on their, on the Cleveland Browns roster. Um, he did pretty well uh, in that game. You know, he, he showed the ability to run. He put together a couple good drives, got him a touchdown out there. And in the uh, third quarter, man, he had a nice block that sprung Demetrius Felton to – to get him a touchdown, you know, normally you don't see your, your quarterback go out there and try to try to make a block, but this guy was playing with a lot of heart out there. Um, you know, for the dynasty people, you probably picked them up off the waiver wires or you probably drafted them with one of your last picks, which is good. Um, if something were to happen with Deshaun Watson, you know, they probably got a good guy there. But he does have to beat out Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond had a pretty decent um, outing. He did throw an interception that was egregious. It was it was it was terrible. I'm like, dude, you didn't see that guy. Like, it was it was terrible. But all in all, he played well. I think he was like 13 for 19. Um, he was driving pretty well. But while he was in the game, they were most they were more focused on the run game and John Kelly Jr. Uh, was very, very involved in both the passing game and the running game. I like what I saw out of him, except for the dancing, man. Like, bro, you got to put your foot in the dirt and go. You know what I'm saying? He was a little indecisive on hitting some of the holes, but when he did put his foot in the ground and he went, you know, it, it was good stuff there. Uh, Jerome Ford and, of course, Nick Chubb, they both sat in here. But we got a good opportunity to see what John Kelly could do as a, you know, as both a pass catching back as well as running. Demetrius Felton in the uh, second half, we were able to see what he could do. He was very involved in the first half in the passing game as well. But he's a little he's a little on the light side. He's a little smaller of a back. <clears throat> which means they didn't put him out there in pass pro. So, I mean, Demetrius, Demetri Felton, 
I believe he, again, just like last year, he could be involved in a passing game a bit there. They may use him in that type of role as far as Kareem Hunt not being there is concerned. But he doesn't have the full-on capacity that Kareem Hunt would have had. But still still a good, good candidate there if you have that guy on your roster from last season when you picked him up. Um, so there's good stuff there. Um, as far as with the Jets are concerned, Israel, um, the running back there, he showed great speed um, coming off the edge. Those those outside zone runs, he looked incredible running those. Um, he just had a little bit of issues between the tackles um, and in short yardage situations. He wasn't really able to get any push. Um, I think there was a it was it was a crucial like third and two, and they ran it straight up the gut, and he wasn't able to get any push or leg drive to get that first down. And you know, he made good decisions. He made especially on those outside runs. He he found the hole. You know, when you compare him to John Kelly on the other side for the Browns, when you compare Israel to that. Israel was able to see those holes, make quick cuts, and shoot through the hole uh, to get to get yardage. He played very well in the limited opportunity that he had. I would have liked to see him catch some passes, but that's not what they did with him. I don't know if that's his – if receiving is part of his profile. Um, I really didn't have the opportunity to, to look at a lot of the uh, college tape this year. Uh, being that a lot of that stuff was pulled off of uh, YouTube and things like that due to copyright stuff. Like the the college people, they were coming down heavy on those guys who usually put up the tape and, and break down the films and things like that. Um, saying that, you know, them putting their stuff out there is, is compromising their game because they know their plays and everything like that. So it was kind of difficult for me to really get dive deep into the college stuff because I was doing most of my stuff. All of my stuff that I do is, is I try to do it for free. And um, if I'm not able to, you know, do it freely, for free, um, unfortunately I can't do as much with that as I would like to. So I don't know much about Israel, but as far as what I saw in the Hall of Fame game, he was okay. And then Jason Brownlee, um, the rookie wide receiver for the Jets, who I believe right now is trying to make a roster spot. They were, they he was earning targets in that game, and yes, he had some a few drops, some 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 catches that we thought he could have caught. Uh, he had some contested catches that he didn't come down with as well. But he was earning targets, man, which means things things of that nature. Like when you give your quarterback a target to throw to even if it's a 50-50 ball if you don't come down with it you still were earning those targets he was getting open he was earning targets and you like to see that with the guy he he had some crisp routes he ran his routes pretty decent there was some again he had some issues bringing them in but you know that's what separates a bench guy from a starter that's what separates a third stringer from you know those starting wide receivers, the you know the, the 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 three wide receivers that get onto the field, that's what separates them. I believe 
if he works on that and he could bring down those contested catches, he might have a he might he might make the team. So he's another person that you might want to look out for if you're in those dynasty leagues. Um I know people are putting him, you know, they heard about him in camp last week. They were putting him on there. Again, I tell you guys, man, anybody in Dynasty, if they're getting some buzz, you pick them up and you wait to see what happens with them. It doesn't matter if you don't believe that they're going to get onto the roster or whatever. You know, in redraft, I tell you, yo, these guys aren't worth it. Um, It's a long road for them to be fantasy relevant. But in Dynasty Leagues, you're picking up everybody and you're holding them to see what they can do. Um, as far as preseason is concerned. Uh, Zach Wilson was another thing out there. Uh, I know he took a sack, but, you know, that's the protection breaking down um, and then guys not getting open quickly enough. Um, You know, he did have the 57-yard bomb over to Malik Taylor. I just, again... I like what I see out of Zach Wilson as far as – I've always liked Zach Wilson. I think he is a pretty good quarterback. It's just he, he's been a product of bad coaching. Um, and even in the Hall of Fame game, there's still that trope with him that I do not understand why they always call longer developing plays with him. It it just didn't seem that way when they had Boyle Boy, – what is it? Uh, Tim Boyle was in there, and Chris Stivler was in there. It just didn't seem like they called long developing plays. Like every – he dropped back five dropbacks, and all five dropbacks, the receivers were running 10 to 15 yards down the field. Like there was nothing short. There was nothing underneath. There was nothing five or six, five to seven yards. Everything was 10 to 15 and even deeper. Like the the pass that he missed to his right, uh, where he it looked like he kind of overthrew the receiver a little bit there. I think the receiver got held up a little bit. They could have called it. They could have they could have threw the flag on that one, but they didn't. They they held it. Uh, but it was just like, dude, that guy was seventeen yards downfield, like. Why do they call these long developing plays with him all the time? And you have a new offensive coordinator and they're still doing it. Like, I get it. Maybe they just want to see the guy like show off his arm. But God damn, give this guy some stuff. Like, like, for instance, with Kellen Mott, when he was getting when the Browns were calling plays for him, they were calling screen plays. Short crossing routes across the middle, letting they they called uh you know a double crossing route. I guess you call it dagger. Uh, they call it dagger. That's what it was. They called dagger, where you know you got your underneath uh crosser, and then you got your mid range crosser, and your quarterback reads that top down. So he reads the deeper guy first, and if the deeper guy is open, he throws it there. If the deeper guy's not open, then he throws the underneath one to the other guy crossing his face. So both receivers are crossing his face. I believe that's called dagger. If I'm wrong about that, that's my bad. Uh, but, you know, the you, he, Kelly Ma was able to read the top guy, throw that thing. 
uh, 10 yards upfield. But it's like on the other side of things with the Jets, they didn't call things like that for Zach Wilson. And I don't ever, I've never seen them call this type of stuff for Zach Wilson, even when Mike LaFleur was the, the offensive coordinator. It's like, dude, why does everything have to be so far downfield for this guy? Um, but, you know, he tried to scramble out of the pocket, took a, took a sack after slipping on a third down play where if he didn't slip, I believe he would have got the first down. But not too much. Uh, the only thing that I also saw out of Zach Wilson during that broadcast was that he was damn near attached to Aaron Rodgers' hip, man. Like everywhere Aaron Rodgers was going, when the other quarterbacks were out there on the field, he was right there, man, hanging on to the words that were coming out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth. So the guy is trying to learn. He's trying to get better. Hopefully, you know, he'll be able to 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 improve as the as his career progresses. Hopefully this is a sign that maybe, you know, they think that he could still be their franchise quarterback after Aaron Rodgers leaves. Uh, spend two years developing under Aaron Rodgers. He'll still be young. I believe he'll be like 24, excuse me, 25, 26 years old. If that, you give him some time to develop. And, and guys hit their stride in that particular instance, man. Quarterbacks from 27 to about 35 now is 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 peak performance time for these quarterbacks. Um, so they still have time with them. If they want to go that route, they can – you know, because he hasn't performed and because he's going to be a backup, they can sign him to a next, to his next contract for real cheap and, and keep him on the roster for a little while there. But that's if they're willing to do that. So that's all I have to say about the Hall of Fame game at this particular point, man. Just, you know, any of those rookies or second-year players that you saw in that Hall of Fame game that in Dynasty you might want to put them on your roster, but... Drafting them in redraft, that's a no-go at this point. But dynasty teams, of course, you're going to put these guys on your roster and see what happens with them. Now, we had a lot of signings here. Some people got signed to some teams, and we're going to talk about that as well here. So, first up, Elijah Mitchell, though, he got injured. Uh, he missed practice the other day with the um, abductor strain. Abductor strain? Yep. He's day-to-day. They say he'll likely miss 10 to 7 days. Dude's always injured. I'm not fucking worried about with, with him. You know, you draft him at your own peril, man. I... I am not drafting that guy. He is injury prone. He is never healthy. You're drafting him as a handcuff to CMC because you believe CMC is not healthy. But CMC played every game last year. I think CMC was making business decisions over there in Carolina. Like, yo, I'm just ready to get the fuck up out of here, man. Y'all ain't doing nothing with me. You ain't winning. Just let me get the fuck up out of here. Because he played every game last year. Yeah, he had some tweaks to, you know, his to his ankle or whatever, but he played through. So, you know, uh, Elijah Mitchell, we're not worried about him. Of course, Dan Campbell over with the Lions, head coach of the Lions, sees a two-headed monster with 
David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. We already knew that. That's what you guys did last year when you had Jamal Williams and uh, DeAndre Swift. You just have a better version of each of those guys now on your roster. So you say, we don't know if Jameer Gibbs is a better version of uh, DeAndre Swift. I, I didn't realize this, but Jameer Gibbs is actually smaller of a back than DeAndre Swift was. DeAndre Swift is shorter, but as far as like the the bulkiness, the the weight, you know, DeAndre Swift weighed more and was a little heavier and than than Jameer Gibbs. So you guys are gonna have to look out for that. But we already knew this uh that you guys were look that they were looking to use the two headed monster there. Um over with the Broncos, Sean Payton. He reports that he expects Javante Williams to play in the preseason, although it might not be until the second game. Uh, Payton said that he likes how Javante is progressing. Again, man, when they told me that this guy wasn't limited in any capacity in training camp, I knew right then that this guy was attacking his rehab in the right way. He wants to be on the field, and I believe he's going to be on the field week one. I'm under the belief because he told me he was going to be on the field week one. Not he told me personally, but he told us he said he was going to be ready. He told the media he said he was going to be ready for week one, and I am under the belief that he will be. I believe in this guy. Um, you know, even coming out of out of college, him being highly touted, I believed him in as well. Um, his counterpart that went to uh, North Carolina with him, Michael Carter. I thought both of those guys in the league, they would both have to rely on, you know, other backs to split carries with them in their situation because they did it their entire career in college. So I thought that they would have to do that as well, but I thought that they both would be very efficient. Um, it turns out with Michael Carter, that's not the case. He he hasn't been efficient here. But with Javante Williams, he was very efficient in his time as a rookie. Um, so hopefully he'll be able to bounce back this year. I believe, again, Sean Payton knows what he's doing there. I'm not expecting Javante Williams to be a workhorse back and get, you know, 250 carries and then, you know, 40 receptions. I believe he will be used in the same capacity as Sean Payton used the Alvin Kamara. So this right here, you know, I've been drafting him where he's going at his ADP because he's going really late in drafts. He's going after Cam Akers, after uh, Miles Sanders, after uh, Alexander Madison. I think he's going as like, uh, excuse me, running back 24 or something like that. So where he's going, man, you're getting extreme value for him. So he's worth the price tag for me in those instances. I've drafted him in best ball that way. I've drafted him in any of my mock drafts. Um, you know, I, I've, I found that you're able to get him, and I believe he's going to return value for you immensely. Um, Commanders head coach Ron Rivera reports that Sam Howe is having a good camp, but don't sleep on Jacoby Brissett. Listen, man, Ron Rivera is one of those guys who I cannot stand. When him, when he talks about his players, I can't fucking stand him because he acts like he's never had these dudes on his team before. 
Like he acts like this is just the, like this is the first year that they've ever been on a team. I, I just I don't like the way he talks about his players, and I don't like the way Pete Carroll talks about his players when it comes to injury. Speaking of Pete Carroll talking about injury, he stated that uh, Zach Charbonnet was going to be out indefinitely with a fucking shoulder injury, and that motherfucker practiced the other day. However, Kenneth Walker is still out with a growing injury, but he says it's not that serious. The MRIs ain't showing much. Look, I'm, I've told you guys before, and I will keep telling you again and again and again and again and again. Do not fucking listen to Pete Carroll when he talks about his players' injuries because he is a fucking liar. He's a liar. He lies about it all. He lies. He told us that Zach Charbonnet was going to be out indefinitely, and two days later, this motherfucker was practicing. I'm not trying to hear this shit out of fucking Pete Carroll. He gets on my goddamn nerves with that shit. Oh, I can't stand him with that shit. I, I fucking hate that shit. You know, um, more news on uh, as far as the running backs are concerned. Um, of course, we don't believe they don't believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to be on the non-football uh, injury list. Of course, he's not going to be. He already came out and he publicly said that he didn't say anything about his fucking back. So if you try to put him on there to not be able to pay him his base salary. That's going to be some shady shit. But the Colts have gone on and signed Kenyon Drake. Now, Kenyon Drake is a veteran out there and. He could potentially make the team. And he could potentially buy for being the backup there. He could be the backup there. So I know people were picking up Evan Hall. They were picking up Deion Jackson. Uh, You know, they they were picking up Zach Moss. Zach Moss had the broken arm. He's going to be out at least six weeks. So they bring Kenyon Drake in. Maybe Kenyon Drake is just a camp body. But... We don't know, man. I mean, he might be able to climb the depth chart. So look out for that. I'm not saying to draft this guy and redraft or anything like that. But, you know, look out for that. Uh, Then, of course, the Cardinals, they went on and signed Marlon Mack. I don't think that they were happy with the backfield um, behind James Conner. And, of course, you need depth behind James Conner because – he is not one of those guys who is going to play the entire season. And it, and we understand that he's not. And I understand people say, oh, well, he's injury prone. Yo, the guy, do we forget that the guy beat cancer? Like, he had to beat cancer, man. I mean, what the fuck, bro? Like, relax. Of course, the guy's not going to play all the entire season, especially at the running back position. He's been pretty good even on a bad team, even when Kyler Murray got injured, um, James Conner returned well for us in fantasy. Uh, but, of course, you're bringing in a guy, a depth piece on a one-year deal. Marlon Mack could potentially make this team, could buy for that backup role. Again, in redraft leagues, we're not really looking at drafting him. Um, until something significant 
happens with this, but you're gonna keep them on your radar as far as when 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 that time comes for you guys to draft. I know a lot of people are drafting after the preseason, so yeah, of course, when it comes to that time frame, if something significant happens, then maybe you draft them, maybe you look for them on your waiver wire after week one or something. But you know, right now it's just a wait and see moment here for him. Um, as that's concerned. Doug Peterson says he wants running back Travis Etienne pushing for, you know, uh, 16, 1,700 yards as a rusher in 2023. Fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I'm not, man, I am not trying to hear that shit. That, that, is, that is fucking ridiculous. This again, like when we're talking about this, we're we're talking about Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry type, you know, volume. Like you're gonna run? Are you gonna run the ball with Travis Etienne three hundred times? Are you gonna run the ball with Travis Etienne three hundred times? Because let's let's be honest. Derrick Henry got fifteen hundred yards last season. 1,500, not 16, not 1,700, 1,500 yards last season on 349 carries, bro. Like, we're wanting, you're, you're not giving the ball to Travis Etienne that much. Stop it. Stop it. Like, you are not giving him the ball that much. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Nick Chubb. And if he's doing that, if you're, if you're giving him the ball less than a Nick Chubb, less than a Derrick Henry, this guy has got to average like five to six yards a carry in order, if you're not giving. So for just for the sake of us talking about this right now, Nick Chubb had 302 carries last year. For 1,525 yards, so 1,500 yards off 302 attempts. That was five yards a carry, which was top five in the league amongst running backs. I think the only running back that outperformed him as far as yards per carry was concerned, I believe it was like Tony Pollard. And maybe it was another back who really didn't have, like, the workload that Nick Chubb has. Nick Chubb, 300 carries, averaging five yards a carry, 1,500 yards. So you're telling me you want to push Travis Etienne to 1,600 yards. How? How, Sway? How? Come on. Come on, Doug Peterson. Stop playing with me, bro. Maybe if you were saying you want to push him to – 600 to 1600 to 1700 yards as a all around back. Maybe he can get that. Oh, I can get 1700 yards from scrimmage with my passing work as well. But there's no fucking way that this guy is going to be that as a rusher. Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm not trying to hear that. That is complete utter noise, man. Does that bode well for, uh, Travis Etienne, as far as the, you know, what we expect from from him, maybe. I mean, Doug Peterson is the head coach. He can give him the ball as much as he want. But let's be honest here, man. They're they're not doing that. They are not gonna do that. 
Same thing about them, uh, the 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 Bills talking up their guys. You know, Stephon Diggs and and Josh Allen are talking up James Cook and Gabe Davis. I don't give a fuck how much you hype those dudes up. I don't see that shit on the field. I haven't seen that shit on the field, and I'm not I'm not believing a goddamn word that comes out of your mouth about those two guys. Gabe Davis is a boomer bust prospect. He's only had one good game that I know of, and that's the one that he had four touchdowns in the fucking playoff game. He's done nothing of note for us during the regular season or on our fantasy teams to believe that it's finally going to be Gabe Davis season. I don't want to hear that, man. This dude is on the field all the time. He's on the field for like 90% of the snaps. His route participation is trash. Like, I'm not trying to hear this with this guy, man. Get out of here. James Cook, again, you can call him a dual threat back all you want. You could you could sell me all you want. You ain't bring Damian Harris over there just to be sitting on the fucking bench. I'm not trying to hear that shit. Uh, who else is the other? What's the other back that they got up there? Uh, Latavius Murray. You ain't bring these dudes in if you believe that fucking James Cook can be a between the tackles runner. He ain't, he never shown that he could be a between the tackles runner. He is never he is not shown that shit. Not not in college at all. He was strictly a guy. Catch your passes out of the backfield. That's what he was. He is not his brother. I'm not trying to hear this shit about no fucking James Cook. Y'all can believe this hype all you want. I'm not fucking around with either one of those. Gabe Davis or James Cook are guys that I will not be drafting at all. At all. It just is what it is. And then, of course, the big news of the weekend is that Alvin Kamara, he met with the commissioner and it has been determined that he will serve a three-game suspension for his role in the fight outside of the Las Vegas nightclub in 2022 during uh, the Pro Bowl weekend. So, yep, that's what it is, three games. Um... I actually thought he was going to get four. I've been preparing for him to get four. I've drafted him in my best ball leagues like he was going to get four. So this is really good news uh, for anybody who drafted Alvin Kamara or who plans on drafting Alvin Kamara. Um, His ADP is going to start climbing back up, being that he's only gotten three, that he's only getting three games. Uh, The ADP of the guys, Kendra Miller, um, Jamal Williams, all those guys, they're going to drop. Um, but Alvin Kamara's uh, stock is going to rise. You know, and he could possibly start going as a top 10 running back um, pretty soon here. So, you know, we talked about in previous shows like, yo, man, I'm not worried about him getting a suspension right after we heard that he wasn't going to have any felony charges was like, yo, just pick, draft him, draft him. I've had, I've got him on plenty of uh, dynasty league teams uh, because I couldn't trade him away because people, they wanted, they, they were trying to get him for pretty much nothing. And I said, and I was under the belief that, man, even if he gets suspended, it's, it's going to be the maximum I thought he was going to get suspended, uh, 
I didn't. I never thought that he was going to have, you know, serve any jail time or anything like that. Being at this, I didn't know his criminal background, but I was assuming that this was a first offense. I've never heard of this guy getting in trouble or anything like that. So I assumed that this was going to be his first offense. I didn't think that he was going to get any criminal, uh, any any jail time or anything like that. Um, you know, as far as what this was concerned. Maybe he would have had to do some community service, pay some fines, whatever. Uh, but, you know, this this is what he got. Three games. He's going to start climbing back up those draft boards. And if you got him early in your best ball leagues and things like that, you're excited about this. If you have him on your dynasty teams, you're excited about this. You maybe can now uh, trade him for decent enough value. Yes, he's. I think he's 27. So, you know, this is where they diminish the running back position. Maybe you might be you might be trying to get up off of him now, but his value is going back up so you can maybe trade him bet for for more than what you were going to get for him before this news came out. So, definitely, definitely, definitely you're looking at Alvin Kamara and you're saying, "Yeah, I'm good." So, That's what you got there. And, of course, man, all the hype that's going around. Uh, oh, Also, also uh, the other day, I mean, Cooper Cup, of course, he left practice early, uh, earlier this week due to a hamstring injury. Uh, they're saying that he's going to be available, that he's potentially going to be available for week one. Uh, they may even have him back during scrimmages. So, you just got to look out for that. Alexander Madison, he uh, was injured, uh, limped off the field uh, before the end of practice the other day. Um, he didn't go uh, to the locker room. He actually watched the remainder of practice before seeking treatment. So, maybe it was just something where he just, you know, uh, rolled an ankle or something like that. So, you guys got to watch out for that. Again, Alexander Madison is not a guy that I'm looking for um, in my drafts, but it is what it is. Um, as far as uh, other injuries, uh, Travion Williams, who was buying to be one of the backups there for Joe Mixon, he was carted off the field with a leg injury. Got to look out for that. Roshan Johnson for the Bears. He missed practice earlier in the week with an undisclosed injury. Uh, you can't be missing time as a rookie, man. You can't be missing time as a rookie. And, of course, uh, Tim Patrick talked about him in practice. He, uh, he tore his Achilles. Um, second year in a row, he's going to miss. That means Jerry Judy, man, you dodged another bullet, bro, because – I understand why people be like, well, ain't nobody scared of Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick has given Jerry Judy a run for his money every year since he's gotten it, since they both, since they've gotten there. But, you know, this is another time frame here where, of course, Jerry Judy is going to be coming up. Um, also, you know, with that as well, uh, KJ Hamler, uh, he was released 
uh, with a a heart condition or something like that. Um, that's unfortunate, you know. Uh, but this leaves the Broncos a bit thin here. I mean, they got Marvin Mims, the rookie that they drafted. They got Jerry Judy. They got Corlin Sutton. Does this increase these guys' opportunities? I don't think those it, it decreases their opportunity. I don't think it really affects them too much. Uh, they were both slotted, Corlin Sutton and uh, Jerry Judy. They were slotted as the top, the top guys. So, but you know the injuries are hitting hard and fast. You know, and as far as Alvin Kamara getting the three games, people are upset because the, the people that are gambling, uh, they're getting lengthy suspensions. And then he supposedly beats a guy at a nightclub, you know, and only gets three games. Listen, the way I feel about this is, look, if you are facing charges and you are doing things under the law, so you have to go to court, you're facing charges, you get arrested, yada, 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 all of that stuff. If the law says, hey, man, we don't have enough to punish this guy, to convict this guy, we got to let it go. Whatever punishment that you receive at your job shouldn't be as if you actually committed the fucking crime. Like, I don't care that you think that he beat somebody to fucking death, damn near to death. It doesn't matter. If they say, yo, if you believe he beat somebody damn near to death, the law said he ain't do it. The, the law said no, ain't no charges. That's what the law said. So his job the NFL, his job giving him a punishment is technically unnecessary. They're giving him a punishment because basically, yo, you shouldn't have been in that situation and we had to talk about this shit. You embarrassed us. That's basically what he's getting a punishment for. He's getting punished because he embarrassed the because he because he he embarrassed his mom and dad. Like his mom and dad said, nah, man, like, bro. Nah, you can't embarrass the family like that. You made the family name look bad, so you're getting punished. His punishment shouldn't be excessive. He shouldn't get a punishment anyways because the law said he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what, as far as these motherfuckers gambling, they are flat out breaking the NFL's policies. That's like, yo, your mom tell you. So, that's like you go out in the street, yo, my mom tell me, don't embarrass me. All right, mom, I'm not going to embarrass you. But I go out here, I get in a fight, I get arrested, but they don't press no charges. Now I get home, of course my mom going to beat my ass. She go, she go beat me. She go, she, she get the belt, she go wear your ass out. That's his three games. I got the belt, I'm going to wear your ass out real quick. That's his three games. That's Alvin Kamara's three games. Because he went out in the world. The world said, you, 
right, you folk, but we ain't going to press charges. This is whatever. You go on about your business. Go on home now. He went on home, and he got his ass beat. They gave him three games. That's his ass beating. The man ain't never been in trouble before. So why would you expect him to get more than just three games? I thought he should have got. He was going to get four. That's what I thought he was going to get. But he ain't never been in trouble before. Why should the man get a super harsh punishment when he went out to the, into the world, the world said, hey, man, this wasn't right, but we ain't pressing no charges on you going home. <laughs> like, <laughs> as opposed to your mom say, bring your ass in here before them streetlights come on. Those are her rules. You go out into the world and you don't bring your ass back before them streetlights come on. When you get home, you get in the punishment. Whatever punishment she want to give to you. If she want to fucking beat your ass and ground you, that's what she going to do. And that's what they doing to these motherfuckers who break the gambling policy. They are fucking punishing them because they're breaking their in-house rules. Yes, you could punish somebody for embarrassing you on the outside. But Alvin Kamara has never done anything else wrong within his career. He's not been a bad player. He's not been somebody who's stayed in trouble. He's not been a troublemaker. This is the first time anything happened with him. Yes, he should only get a slap on the wrist. Three games is more than enough for him. I don't even think he he's appealing this. He could potentially appeal it and get the shit reduced. But I don't even think he's going to do that. He's just going to take the three games and go on about his business. I don't understand why people have such a problem with this. Like, I get it. You guys, yo, oh, man, they, break, they, they doing crimes. They committing crimes. If the outside world say, yo, all right. It's whatever. You know? Oh, Deshaun Watson only got 11 games for... Yo, the law ain't ain't prosecuting, bro. Like, it is what it is. He went out into the world. The world said you're doing bad. But, hey, man, go on home. That's what they saying. If If the law saying, hey, man, go on home. Why the fuck y'all so mad? Ain't nothing he can do about it. You, it's just people want people to, to, to have so, they want them to experience harsh punishments for stuff that the world didn't tell them they, is, they should experience a harsh punishment for. The law didn't tell them he, she should have a harsh punishment. But when the law did tell motherfuckers they should have a harsh punishment, y'all think they should have even harsher punishments. Again, look at Michael Vick with the dog situation. That nigga won't even at the motherfucking house. He won't even doing the shit. But because it happened on his property, he got fucking years in prison. He got years in prison. And he served his time in prison where people thought he should have even more. Like, dog, come on. Leave the, the, guys, the law said this is what you got to serve. And then y'all want the motherfuckers to come home and they serve more punishment. How much punishment motherfuckers got to serve, bro? Like, damn. It doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. Just leave these guys alone, man. 
Again, Alvin Kamara getting three games, man. It is, it is, it's a good thing for us in the fantasy community that we don't have to wait too much for him uh, being off the field, and we can draft him in the spots that he's being drafted. Uh, we'll pay attention to where his ADP is moving in the next couple of weeks, and if he's still at a point where we're like, yeah, we'll take him here, then we'll take him there. But for now, man, I'll be back with you with a new episode. Uh, when I see you, man, of course, uh, be true to thyself, embrace your addiction, and as always, join that Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fantasy AA. Choose your addiction level and earn your chip. I'll see you guys on the next one. I'm out.